0: The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome Welcome, to Data Guru's podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change encouraging you to be bold be be brave and be fearless let's navigate the data ecosystem together Welcome 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 to the data gurus podcast
1: Well, this is the second part of my podcast series, Data Gurus for IAEX. And as you guys know from my previous segment, I've been really focused on this concept of the last mile. In the telecom industry, it is the hardest thing for companies to do to actually deliver that service to consumers and businesses. And I make that analogy for us in our industry as it relates to the last mile and really empowering and getting the insights and value that clients really want to get from research. And with that as a background, I wanted to invite Paul Gadet, who's the co-founder of Dig Insights, and uh, want to get his perspective on how does he look at clients from that perspective in order to be able to empower and enable his client base to garner the value they need. Welcome, Paul. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you. So before we dig into all that, no pun intended, Give us a little bit of background about who you are and how you came about founding Dig Insights.
2: Sure. So 10 years ago, we started Dig Insights. My background was, to be honest, mostly uh, educational before going into market research. I had uh, done a business degree and then a master's in strategic management out in France and then uh, joined a company where I was focused much more on the innovation side of consumer insights. It was from there that we you know, started Dig Insights now 10 years ago. And really the, the reason why we did was we saw a need in the market to really focus much more on consumer behaviors rather than simply attitudes. Um, at that time, I think that was kind of like, you know, almost a game changer that there wasn't as much focused on in context behaviors. And so our expertise since our inception was really around our sophisticated knowledge of data and our analytics capabilities. We use methods like conjoint and discrete choice. We created our own shopping interfaces and developed their own models to really help understand how clients behaved in context of what we were asking them and then layering in that on with obviously the attitudinal information that we could collect. That was kind of where we started about 10 years ago.
1: That's exciting. 10 years is a major milestone too, so congratulations. Thank you. That's pretty amazing. And you guys are based out in Toronto? You have offices all over the world?
2: Yeah, we're not as global as that. We have, uh, we're based in Toronto, so we have about 100 people in Toronto. We've got offices in Chicago. We've got some people out in the west coast of Canada and also in London, UK. So we're we're slowly migrating to the rest of the world.
1: That's great. And tell us a little bit about your client base. Who do you typically serve?
2: So Fortune 500 type clients is, is who we typically serve. You know, there's yeah, that is evolving. There's kind of two aspects to our business right now. One is the consulting side that we can, you know, currently have most of the majority of our work run out of, and then the other is more of a tech side. So we have a tech platform that we that we developed called Upside, which is much more focused on early stage innovation testing. And so our clients range from anyone, from, you know, from the McDonalds and the Pepsi's of the world and the major uh, global retailers to even just smaller now small medium enterprises that are looking to gain access to more cost-effective, faster insights through our tech platform.
1: Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that really is something that you guys, you saw a need in the marketplace as it relates to innovation, and you developed your own tech-enabled solutions to serve that need within your client base. Is it that clients are innovating faster and they need insights at a faster pace to be able to support that innovation? Give us a little context around that.
2: I think there, there was kind of two sides to that. There's one that is the consumer side. So, you know, even speaking to consumers as humans and, and really leveraging the technology that they use on a day-to-day basis to get that insight. Right. And then there's also the client side. So speaking to clients as if they're actually running a business, you know, using metrics like source of volume, incrementality, you know, growth opportunities, you know, things that we don't typically talk about when we're in an insights function, but are relevant to them in their whole organization. And so really what we saw in the need in the marketplace is develop a tool that allowed us to get these insights, again, quicker using technology that consumers are already familiar with and delivering those insights faster to the client so that they can make decisions quicker, but also see the information in a way that made sense to them. So, you know, we're not doing things like traditional just all the time, you know, five point scales and charting all that type of it. We're showing things much more visually providing them with access to the information so that they can see the data, but then make those decisions quicker and actually innovate faster.
1: Got it. And are you integrating other types of data in that platform or is that truly consumer feedback on ideas around innovation?
2: Yeah, currently that platform just includes the consumer feedback on that platform, but there's a lot of other external data sources and even just technology that we're integrating into it. So yeah. even Google's NLP system that we're integrated to get sentiment analysis on open ends. There's a lot of great AI that we can include to actually to provide some sort of predictive analytics around some of the ideas that we're testing. So there's great you know, technology out there that we're leveraging but all from the basis of the primary consumer collection.
1: It's interesting because I think that a lot of speculation in terms of where our industry is going, and there's definitely a bifurcation in terms of faster, quicker, obviously sound research to be able to feed that cycle of insights and decision-making. But then there's this other high-end need in terms of consulting and strategic advice. And, you know, you bump up against some of the larger research companies, but even consulting companies. For sure. And you play in both spaces, it seems like.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that was a strategic choice. I mean, when we first started out, there was the, you know, the vision criticals of the world and Qualtrics that were getting into the DIY space. And we made a, an active you know, effort to really focus on that higher end custom work that was competing more with not only the big firms, but like you said, you know, Accenture and Deloitte that were actually living in that space. And that's where we really built up our client base. But then, you know, in order to really grow and scale, we needed to invest in some sort of technology and our technology that we're investing in and, and developed is really into that early stage innovation testing area where, where we see there's a lack of real, you know, cost effective uh, methods, to, you know, quick methods to actually get you the insight faster. So we have played in both those spaces purposely.
1: Yeah, I would imagine it's great lead gen for the bigger work too.
2: 100%. Yeah, definitely.
1: Makes perfect sense. Okay, so let's talk about unlocking value for those big clients, strategic consulting projects. Give us an idea of the breadth and the size of those projects, just so people get an idea of what type of capacity we're talking about.
2: Sure. Yeah, and you know, the most part, I think the one thing that's different about us is that majority of the work that we do is custom, is, you know, 100% custom to address whatever complex business need that the client comes to us with. And so our clients do look at us as that kind of innovative strategic partner. And so when they're coming to us with a large problem to solve, uh, it's really us trying to develop a method that really addresses and answers that problem. So it's not a, you know, not a package solution that we have that we offer all clients. And this is just the one size fits all approach. It's really custom and tailored to their needs. And so, you know, a recent client that came to us looked, wanted to understand basically, you know, all the this consumer occasions that people are doing across the, the different you know, parts of the world that they operate in. So, you know, 11 different countries that they operate in. To really just kind of understand you know who the consumer are what are the different consumption occasions and really how to innovate towards those occasions and so you know those are the you know big big you know large question that you know help them to develop a framework that they can use to then innovate against right those are some of the bigger uh, engagements that we get to be a part of which is you know again complex but extremely exciting
1: yeah absolutely i would imagine you feel like you're partnering with them in in terms of helping them make critical business decisions sure yeah. Okay. So let's talk about delivery model. I mean, listen, we know PowerPoint is a great tool to have one-on-one meetings, but you know, when you're doing a study across 11 countries, it's a big ticket project. Mm-hmm. I guess you have to make a decision of whether you're going to build, partner, buy a delivery platform to essentially unlock the value of the data and the insights that the clients yearn to have. How do you go about making that decision
2: yeah and it's interesting because i don't know that many go in making that decision to buy build or partner with some sort of delivery mechanism outside of powerpoint i feel a lot of times it is just powerpoint that's being delivered even still and we always have for projects of this scale multi-country projects with you know mass vast amounts of data we've always provided the uh an option to have some sort of online dashboard to access that data and really, you know, evaluating that, you know, whether or not we would do it ourselves versus, you know, other solutions that exist in the market for for things like this that required, you know, such individual you know, views of the data itself, right? You know, weighting, uh, you know, all the different occasions that we're testing, all the different, you know, parts of the of the survey that go into it. We needed to look at a, a program that already existed, and and the the difference between the different ones that we look at either are sophisticated in the way that they can analyze the data, but don't provide that data visualization that the client is looking for, or provide the data visualization the clients are looking for, but can't do the complex uh, analysis that uh, the market research data requires. So, you know, that really limits who you actually are able to partner with. Yeah. And so we looked at a, a few different firms and ultimately landed on uh, our info tools with Parmy.
1: Got it. Okay. And I think that the one critical decision that I think you made is that you actually were going to empower clients to get access to the data. Before you even picked the platform, you said, this is such a big study that we need to ensure that the clients have access to the data. And the question is, then how do we do it?
2: Yeah. And, and we've always been a big believer of that. Okay. You, you know, even on smaller studies, you know, we tried to get the, you know, the client to feel like they could access the data and empower them with the data. Because I think you know, And it doesn't necessarily work for every project, but for large projects, having them be able to access the data, and answer questions in a timely fashion, I don't ever want our, us to be the bottleneck for them to make a decision.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's great.
2: And so if they're able to actually get the information through, again, the data that we collect and are able to access it, 100% they're able to make those decisions.
0: Teams are in flux, but you still have to get your research in field. Partnership with Paradigm Sample means you get our expert focus
2: on every detail of your project. We have access to over 1 million consumers and many business professionals who are eager to voice their opinions and participate in traditional and non-traditional online studies, whether it comes to sampling, programming and hosting services or consultation. We are agile and quick to meet your needs. Visit paradigmsample.com today.
1: And I think you're one of the innovators, quite frankly, because you're not saying that that's your value. You're saying, listen, our value is to be able to collect this information, be able to ensure that it has value to our customers, enable customers, but also put a wrapper around it as it relates to kind of your advisory services, right? To be able to wrap it together and have those one-on-one discussions in addition to empowering clients
2: for sure i think yeah the value is our is the strategy that we help them to develop and, and the insights that we provide the data is their data we want to make sure that, that it makes sense the way they access it to make those decisions but uh, 100% you know we want them to be able to use that data and answer the questions that they have
1: i would imagine you probably have a different type of skill set that you hire for as a result of that in terms of you know people doing cross tabs and running data all day long you actually have people who are might have a broader business consulting perspective as you provide value to the clients.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, not everybody does, but that's part of the, tr- that's part of the training and the coaching that we provide as well. I mean, we have some really great people who have worked on the uh, client side before and understand those business needs when it comes to providing those insights. And then we have people who are just, you know, classically trained market research professionals who who don't have that information, and we put, and we are able to kind of coach them through what the clients actually looking for in those business questions. So yeah, it's a mix of both, but really focused on providing those strategic insights back to the client.
1: And I guess the value is the blend of those two skills.
2: Hundred percent for sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay, so then you had to decide. You made the decision to empower clients, get them access to the data in the most efficient and, you know, optimal way for them. And then you had to go through the swath of tool sets that were available. And, you know, we hear a lot about Tableau, we hear a lot about general BI tools, and then there's some specific market research tools. Tell us about that journey as you evaluated different tools.
2: Yeah, you know, that that journey goes back a ways because for a long time, we've been providing dashboards and accessing information to our clients through a number of different methods, some of which we've built ourselves and others which we've partnered with.
1: Sure. And even
2: building some ourselves, we've looked at programs like Tableau or Power BI and see whether or not we can integrate those into the delivery of the data that we're offering. And really, you know, the fundamental issue with many of those is that they can't look at individually weighted data. You can't weight the data properly. So there's a number of limitations on it, even though they're visually appealing. just data doesn't make sense. So we've had to, you know, build our own in the past. And then, you know, in doing something like just like this large scale of a project, there's so many requirements from the client on how to access the data, how to make sense of the data that, you know, again, it really limits who you can actually go and access the, the data or access a partner uh, with. So we've looked at, you know, again, there's software programs like SPSS and Q and all those that are really sophisticated and empowers you to really analyze the data. But in no way am I going to give a, a client a license just to you know yeah. to do that without being able to actually visualize the data and get the data and, and make it so that it's presentable in a way that they can just copy and paste into a presentation and, and report back to their stakeholders so you know, looking for that blend of being able to actually manipulate the data, create the variables, and the, create the charting, while at the same time having some sort of you know visualization of the data that's then very appealing that allows them to actually take it and insert it in, in a certain presentation was really really the important aspect of it, and really there's not that many that offer that kind of combination.
1: yeah, I feel like as an industry, I wish we would get better at really. Defining how important those requirements are because sometimes when you because the researchers the data processing people totally get it Yeah, but I won't name other titles But when you talk to certain types of people or groups, it's like oh, it's easy. Just press a button. Yeah, it's all set. We're good
2: Yeah, it's a totally different beast of data, you know, like it is completely different. And in fact, until you start really evaluating all the different platforms to meet those requirements, you don't realize how complex it is. True. Going down that journey just brought to to light the complexity of market research data and and why there's not as many companies that are in that space.
1: Yeah, for sure. So some would argue that maybe this is a controversial question, but because you've enabled and empowered your client to slice and dice the data, there's like a long tail effect, right? They can use this for 12, 18 months. Are you cannibalizing your own revenue as a result of this?
2: Yeah, potentially. I mean, listen, there's probably, you know, third-party consultants who will access that data and run analysis that we could easily run for the client. Absolutely. But, you know, as I mentioned, I never want our company to be the bottleneck of our client-making decisions. And I fear that if, you know, large projects like this, anytime a client has a request for information you know, I don't want them to waiting a day, two days to actually access that information. So yeah, it might be cannibalizing some aspects of our of our business, but at the same time, you know, once they dig into that data, it sparks more questions. They see something that, or something that they didn't get answered through this, and it's still a question that they have, or it sparks a new question that they want to have answered, and they come back to us to, for help on answering So, you know, maybe cannibalizing a small portion, but it, I think ultimately much more incremental.
1: Yeah. And I think ultimately you have built something that you can't put dollars against, which is trust, right? You don't want to be the bottleneck to their success.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes a long way with, you know, repeat clients for sure.
1: hundred percent. So tell us for this large client where you did select, in this case, Harmony as a platform, what's your service model? How do you staff that account just so people get a better understanding? because. I think we talked about this, like technology is one thing, but you do need people to kind of put things into context to a certain degree.
2: Yeah. You know, that particular project probably had about six or seven people involved in it. You know, there's another three or four involved in that larger account. This project was very unique, actually, because we had to staff up even more as the project went on just because of the complexities of data coming in and the reporting requirements and delivering on it. And, you know, there's definitely multi, multiple parts to it, but the people that we put on this project, ultimately, especially when it came to developing and building up this tool with Harmony, you know, they're experts in data, they're experts in the data visualization. They worked with the team at Harmony to really create, you know, a very easy step-by-step process on how to access the data, how to in- interpret the data and how to use the data so that anybody logging on from our client, logging on to the Harmony platform, could see easily. Okay, step one, I do this. Step two, I do this. Step three, I do this, and then I get the information. So, you know, having those people in house who are able to actually you know, put that together and work with the team at Harmony to do it is absolutely critical. So there, you know, there's two or three people who are focused solely on that and who are in constant communication with the the clients of the different uh, countries to take them through that dashboard and get them familiar with the dashboard, so that we create power users in each of those countries to access the data.
1: Yeah, you're almost training the coaches within the client organization to ultimately be able to do that on their own, if they so desire.
2: If they so desire, that's right. And in this case, they do desire and they, so that, you know, it's very valuable to have those local people be power users of that data.
1: Very cool. All right, so let's talk about COVID-19. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that has escaped impact on a personal, professional level. How are you guys dealing with COVID-19 and its impact?
2: You know, I think now we're breathing a little bit better. I think, you know, right at the beginning, I think like everybody, it was mass panic. Clients were putting everything on hold. Our staff was very easily able to work from home, but at the same time that, you know, posed a whole bunch of new challenges. Sure. Uh, And as it's, you know, as the months have gone on, we have seen clients come back. We have seen projects come back. We've seen new questions emerge, really trying to understand how, you know, long lasting these consumer behaviors are going to be how it's going to change the business model for some of our clients. So there's still significant questions that our clients are asking and need addressed. And so we've actually seen our business pick up over the last couple of months and it's growing even more than it was last year. So we're actually doing quite well now, but obviously there was a a couple months of fear. I think, you know, everyone had, yeah. And there's still this fear of a second wave. So we're we're cautiously optimistic that we're going to be uh, okay for the rest of this year.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And on your premise of starting Dig Insights is to really understand consumer behavior. We're in a whole new world right now in terms of trying to figure that out and wrapping that around attitudes. There's a lot to be learned. And do we even go back to, quote unquote, the way it was? There's a lot to be established here.
2: Exactly. And that's the fundamental reason why some of our clients are coming to us, because everything the context has changed. You know, people are shopping online. That presents a whole new challenge when, you know, when you're a manufacturer trying to get your product select, selected. So, yeah, there's a lot of changes in the way we do things now, even just working from home now. Like every quick service restaurant that had a breakfast business and, or on-the-go business is now suffering from that, that part of the day that's gone. So there's a lot of questions now, which is, for us, great, but also scary for our clients.
1: Of course, yeah, I know. So what's the vision? You guys are 10 years in. And what do you see, the, what's the next kind of evolution for a Dig Insights?
2: Well, you know, we've had some success with our platform, our outside platform, our technology platform. And really, again, it kind of relates to empowering the clients with data. We're collecting data in a very you know, unique, I'd say, way, talking to consumers as if they're humans <laughs> and presenting that information back to the client, you know, in a way that speaks to their business. And so we're developing different methods and approaches to do that. So we're going to be building up that platform at the same time where we're seeing success globally in different areas, different markets, and so expanding geographically into different areas where we see that business pick up. So the combination of you know that innovation with the technology that we're developing and then leveraging that technology to deliver our consulting, that's where we're taking the business right now.
1: That's exciting. You guys are at exciting times and the need for your work is critical.
2: Yeah, thank you. And we've been very proud of our successes so far. And we're really we're eager to see what the next couple of years look like.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for the invite. It's been great. Thank you for tuning in to Data Guru's podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to.